who are new to the show or those who are regulars, yes, we are not Mary Trump. She was feeling a bit under the weather. She's asked us to step in. Of course, we're not Mary, but we'll try our best. And we're going to be joined by our Nerd Avengers uh, throughout the hour. And this time we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, in the last 10 minutes of the show, we uh, want to talk to you, O community members. So if you have questions for any of us, questions for any of the Nerd Avengers, uh, just type them in there and we will try our best to get through all of them. And we appreciate you all tuning in every week. But first, before we get to the juicy stuff that's happening in America, we have to look across the Atlantic, Jen, to my former colonizers. Uh, we have to give respect to pomp, pageantry, and corruption and racism and acknowledge that Prince Charles is no longer Prince Charles. He is now King, Jen, and his former sidepiece, Camilla, is now Queen. Your thoughts, Jen? So, uh, wow. You know, when the monarchy was most recently overseen by a cute old lady uh, whose friend was Paddington Bear... Um, oh. And who, during her lengthy 70-plus year tenure in office, uh, there was much independence happening and sort of decolonization of the globe. You know, the monarchy seemed like a nice, you know, sideshow bit of pageantry. When you have a really unpleasant uh, man like Charles III, whose name, first namesake, Charles I, was beheaded— um, you know, and who has uh, who has been you know um, hated by most Americans since he either orchestrated allegedly, but I doubt that's true. Um, the you know d you know the downfall and later uh, death of his beloved first wife Diana. You know, the monarchy seems all that more ugly. In other words, you could at one time put lipstick on a pig. Uh, but he's not wearing any lipstick. And now monarchy and imperialism and all the full history of the bloody conquests and the racism. And let's talk about what the hell is this? Your status in society is based on a bloodline mm. and wars fought thousands of years ago and you believe in the divine right of kings? That is not how I see the world. That's so anti-American. And again, when it was the nice little old lady with the handbag with the marmalade sandwiches, it seemed much more benign. So I'm actually glad to see the monarchy revealed as it is. And she was also a Naked Gun. Let's not forget that she made a great appearance in the Naked Gun movies. But you're right. It's one of those things which, before we pivot, I do want to mention that this is not just in the past. The scepters that they use, the crowns that they use, those jewels are from African countries and from Stolen. India and, and South Asia. And there was a photo that Simon, our, our loyal Brit and producer, showed me right before we started, where the official photo of Queen Camilla, you'll go check it out. In the background, like just to her right to her left, there's there are these figurines, these Moorish figurines of black women. So I don't know if that was deliberate. I don't know if that was not deliberate, but it, it just literally surrounds you. The racism, the colonization and, and the treatment of Megan, uh, for those yes. who don't follow uh, royal news. The fact that she had uh, a drop of color in the bloodline, the fact that she was so brown, the concern about the color of their children. Uh, this is something that it, it lingers with us. This stain lingers with us. And it's, it's so interesting that the, the right wing in America, for some strange reason, really love the monarchy, Jen. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk from the right wing, um, not even as far as the fascist side of it, but a lot of talk from, you know, the the ordinary elitist conservatives and the American right um, that seems to, on the one hand, claim they really love the U.S. Constitution and this idea of equality. But on the other hand, on the hand, you know how one hand wears the glove? You know, do you see yeah. him in the one hand? On the other hand, um, you know, it's just adoration for for wealth, privilege, and status. And this mm. comes, you know, this comes in from that whole... Um, blood and soil and if there was you know if you want to talk blood and soil i know that's supposed to be the chant of the right wing blood and soil is also what uh landed gentry but even the monarchy now when it's a you know so-called constitutional monarchy the idea that there is th this legacy of land holdings that tie back to um you know imperialism and theft and the fact that people still you know hold status in the society in the uk based on these 
these titles of nobility, um, you know, that is blood and soil, the soil being, you know, land and the blood being these these bloodlines. I mean, you know, yuck. So it, it's not it, it, it's unpleasant. It's not it's not American. And by the way, let me just be clear. If you live in England and that's a society you have signed up for and you want that, that's fine. But I'm an American. And in fact, you know, my ancestors came to America to get away from that. In fact, my paternal great grandfather, Alex Taub, left um, England in the early 20th century. And I'm sure I said this on the show, right? Because I like to boast about this in my weird, I'm pro-American, but also like, listen to me way. Um, you know, when he he became an automotive engineer, self, kind of self-taught, didn't go to college um, and became a self-taught engineer, was a head automotive engineer at General Motors. During World War II, he went over to Vauxhall Motors, which was owned by GM, and worked to create the Churchill tank. Anyway, mm. King George, the guy before, is it King George, the one before Elizabeth? Was that her father? I think so, yeah. yeah. He offered to knight, uh, give him a knight knighthood to my great-grandfather, but he turned it down because he oh, said, I'm dope. an American. That's awesome. I'm an American now. Meanwhile, that's what I think. My family always passed this down as how cool is that? But one of my kids, my daughters was like, what? I could have been a lady, but it's not that kind of knighthood, right? It's like you did a good thing. It's like- You're but- always royalty to us, Gento. You're always royalty to us. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, isn't that- So I want to find the, the letters. That, I want to find some that evidence. That is a bold stance <laughs> by your, your great-grandfather. And and uh, welcome, Brian. And right before we- Perfect timing, because we're about to switch over. We're now calling uh, me Lady Jen. That's yeah, Lady thing. Jen. You just- Lady Jen, I, I couldn't come up with anything like Brown Mary Trump. I tried. <laughs> uh, you could you could be uh, Royal Brian. Uh, so <laughs> Lady, Lady Jen, you know, we're talking about power, privilege, bloodlines, Wait. landowners, whiteness. Yeah. And that takes us to Trump. Wait, because- before we get to that, though, there's this other thing, the Marquesa oh. de, of, Chum, of Chumley. This is this woman. She's the apparently, and I have no evidence that it's true. But on the on the you know on the internet, there is this terrible rumor, which must is probably not true. And I just have to tell you how terrible the rumor is that Prince William, you know, second now first in line to the throne, that he's been having an affair, according to these liars. You know, they're terrible people who would say these things, um, with a woman named Rose. Um, what is her last name? She's she's Rose Hanbury, and uh, and uh, she married a much older gentleman, the Mar- Marquette Marquez of Chumley. Um, anyway, so apparently there's Chumley? a big. It's it's spelled. It's a very long word. If, it's, if it's that not... is true, that is juicy, juicy gossip. And, and what about Kate? Kate. Well, apparently, you I'm know, just again, the name, again, these are. I would not want anyone to repeat all this because it's absolutely horrid lies um, that people are saying. <laughs> And what they're saying, which is outrageous, is that, uh, you know, that that this has been a problem and that's why she's not supposed to hang out with the royals. But she was at the um, coronation and apparently she has three kids, two are the older two are twins. And one of her twin sons was standing right next to Prince William um, on the balcony during uh, King Charles's, you know, coronation. So, you know, and also they all were what's even more terrible. And this part is true. Everyone, apparently, uh, you know, and I'm not, I didn't know this, but there's a certain brand of heels that Megan wears, you know, Megan, who's married to Harry. Sorry, guys, but this is, this is what people are saying. And then suddenly Kate wore those heels the other day, and now Rose wore the same heels. So this is evidence of how craven these gossip mongers are that they're pointing to the shoes and then extrapolating from that, that there must've been you know, an affair. And then, of course, we know Camilla had admitted to the affair with Prince Charles. And so the rumor now is that Camilla is going to take Rose under her wing uh, to try to undermine Kate, because now there's no more Megan to hate in the news. Am I supposed to care, though? (laughs) Uh, Listen, I know you're not supposed to care, but but what I'm pointing out to you is this is a multi-billion dollar business, which is the tabloids. And I'm only mentioning this because if you think our press is bad, look at what Murdoch has done in England. Let's, uh, I want to thank Lady Jen for that exquisite (laughs) cliff notes download because I didn't know all that juice. Uh, And we're going to switch from the Atlantic uh, back home. And speaking about those who want royalty, those who elevate certain authoritarians uh, uh like i was saying pride privilege blood and soil we're gonna talk about blood and soil because there's unfortunately a lot of news here in texas but first we have to talk about donald trump and specifically oh, jen and brian 
Uh, well, Jen, I'll lead off with this. Tell, tell us where we are with uh, the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit. Uh, and specifically, you know, that quote I want to bring up again because it was so vile. Uh, Donald Trump in the deposition wearing obscene orange paint revisits his infamous quote about grabbing women by the pee. And according to Donald Trump, for a million years, they've allowed celebrities to get away with it. And when asked if it was good or bad, he's like, eh. Uh, so that's the character of this man whom a third of this country wants to make king of the United States of America. But Jen, uh, your thoughts about the E. Jean Carroll case, we might be getting um, uh, today, right? We might be getting a verdict. I can't hear you, Jen. I have so many thoughts about about the case. As you know, I was there for the first three days, uh, the first week of, of trial. There were two weeks of trial. Um, they didn't meet on Fridays. And then yesterday, Monday, uh, the the uh, lawyers made their closing arguments, right? And today the judge gave the jury their instructions. Oh, it just came out. They just came out, which I can uh, talk about in a second. I mean, here's the there's there's three things to talk about. One, you know, what am I you know, what happened? What was egregious, like you're saying? Two, what's going on right now? And three, what are the predictions, right? So in terms of, you know, I think folks have probably heard all quite a bit, um, and maybe they can ask questions at the end if they have them. But to me, what was really critical in watching via Twitter, because uh, some journalists are allowed to have um, their phones in this special press room, watching Adam Klasfeld and watching this guy who runs a, 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 a Twitter channel called Inner City News, watching them both, what I gathered is the um, E. Jean's lawyers just knocked it out of the park mm. because although Joe Takapina, when he did his closing, tried to make it, you know, tried to kind of testify, he, you know, he may have a theory of the case, you know, and his theory is, E. Jean and her friends just cooked this thing up to hurt Donald Trump. Secondly, that she wants money, and third, that she wants fame. And in when after that happened, um, you know, the, the the lawyers for E. Jean's side just dismantled that in so many ways. One, um, you know, th this th this happened years ago, and for you to believe that she just cooked this up after Trump was elected, and then published this book in 2019 to hurt him, would mean that her friends are all lying. Uh, which doesn't make any sense. Um, it would also mean that you would have to disbelieve the other two women that said he did the same thing to them. It would mean you have to disbelieve Donald Trump himself, who said that if you're a celebrity, fortunately, he said, unfortunately or fortunately, you Fortunate. just get to grab women by their genitals yeah. and they let you. In other words, he's describing what consent that, that you can overcome someone's will and they can't do anything about it. So you'd have to disregard his own testimony um, okay, so it's, it's those things aren't believable. It's not believable she's asking for money because the, her lawyers literally didn't ask for money in the mm. closing. In a civil case, it's common for the lawyers in closing to say, here's the amount we want you to give. They didn't specify a number. The only test, the only thing about, about money was when the expert on how to um, fix a damaged reputation that's been hurt through defamation, she testified a bit about the range of what it would cost to hire corrective ads, but they didn't mention that at all. They didn't ask and, for damages. And, and also finally, the fame, sorry, the, the fame thing is, name one woman, one woman that, that you can think of who's come forward against a powerful man and it's helped her reputation. Yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't uh, happen. Well, the the errors yeah, come it, out. I, I mean, <laughs> the former president of the United States didn't do too well after Monica Lewinsky came out. I, I think it's arguable whether it helped her, but... Um, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not talking... No, Brian... We're not talking about what it does for the man. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know. But what I'm saying is it did. It did, I, it did I, not I help Brian, her. I, I will say, Brian, it didn't it didn't help Monica. I mean, for, for her life, she she was tainted with this. Yeah. I mean, look, she was a young she was a young woman. And for the, her life, I think until just recently, she had to finally. Escape I agree with but, but by the way, it's different with her. She didn't argue at the time. You can look back on how young she was, but that was not a lack of consent. I'm talking about women who are who come forward yeah. and say a powerful oh. man raped them. Let's look at. Oh, well, that, yes, yes. Or or made sexually harassing comments. Uh, we can look at what happened to Anita Hill. We can look at uh, what happened to Christine Blasey Ford. We can look at look at think about the many women, even the men comedians who were canceled even several of the men who were you know canceled because they either said something offensive or did something offensive they have done their comeback tours the women yep. who accused them 
have had their careers ruined. And even the women who spoke up way back when, you know how they always say, why didn't you come forward earlier? The ones who do come forward earlier were crushed. And some of them never worked again in the industry, for example, in the well, entertainment industry. Well, I tell you from my mother's point of view, she never came back from the accusation that she leveled and, and I witnessed as a child, mm. sexual harassment. Yes, I agree with that. You are right there. So, sorry, but that's that's where, and can I say, so this other two things are, what do I think is going to happen? I think it really depends on, on these couple of, you know, uh, jurors, whether if they stay on the jury, that's complicated. Um, it also depends on whether the jurors have read all the angry rants that Donald Trump has put up on True Social, despite the fact that his lawyer was told by the judge to stop him from doing that. But I think based on the evidence, a reasonable jury would have to find him liable both for sexual, both for battery, which is what they're arguing, and which includes sexual assault and or less, any unwanted touching, even you know, even if it isn't sexual. So the battery and defamation, I think that they're going to find liable. They should. And the only question is how long, you know, I was thinking they would decide that he was liable before lunch because he didn't put on a defense at all. He's complaining on too too socially. He didn't have a defense opportunity. Well, his lawyer had a theory, but they put on no evidence whatsoever. So and basically, you they have, didn't put on a case. They I did mean, not put on a case. It was only trying, it. <laughs> he, right. So basically, they put on no evidence at all on their own side to defend him. It's a civil case. The standard is more likely than not. I think they're sick of eating lunch in that courthouse. And I was thinking they would be done by lunch. But I think coming up with a number is much more difficult than just um, just the other parts of the jury questionnaire. <laughs> It's really important to me that I eat healthy, but unfortunately, it isn't always possible to get all of the fruits and vegetables in my diet that I should have. Um, Unfortunately, even though there are a lot of fruit vegetable supplements out there, many of them use extracts of common produce department fruits and vegetables, which have few health benefits. In fact, they're so not helpful that doctors refer to them as junk science. In the current environment, we need to be more concerned about our health. We need to get rid of the junk in our lives whenever possible. That's why I take Field of Greens. It's the whole organic fruit and vegetable, not a watered-down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Every ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like the heart, lungs, and kidney. Others support my immune system my blood pressure, my metabolism, and they aid healthy weight loss. I don't eat as healthy as I should all the the time necessarily, but now that I take Field of Greens, I know I'm making an important change in my lifestyle. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier very quickly, and you'll have a lot more energy. Your best proof that it's working, though, will be the next time you go to the doctor's office for your checkup, and he or she says that whatever you're doing is working, keep it up. So let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MARY. That's promo code MARY at fieldofgreens.com. You can also find the link in my show notes. A reminder that more than a dozen women have accused Donald of sexual harassment. Uh, and in, in this particular case, he mistook E. Jean Carroll for his former wife, Marla, uh, just to let you know. And his defense, actually, he did have a defense, Jen. His defense was when you're a celebrity and you're rich and powerful, they let you get away with it things. for a million years. That was his defense. Uh, I want to pivot real quick, Brian. You know, you've yes, followed, you followed Trump. Um You've you know that there is an upcoming town hall with CNN. It's tomorrow night. Uh, Caitlin uh, Collins is the one who's going to be interviewing him. Uh, He's going to be fielding questions from uh, audience members before we get to the wisdom of whether or not a major network should platform the same man who called them enemy of the state. Uh, I have a question for you. If you were there in the audience or if you were the host or if you were quote unquote moderating this, what would be the questions you would ask Donald Trump tomorrow night? If I were to ask Donald Trump questions? Yeah, if you were moderating, if you were moderating, if you were Caitlin. Why should anyone ever vote for you? You're a rapist. You're a thief. You're a, you have uh, committed crimes against the 
state of, 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 well, the state of the union, you've committed crime. I, oh man, I could go on for hours. But the first question I would ask Donald Trump is what gives you the right to run again? What gives you the right to do anything that he does? His, his, I have seen him and I might, I might preface it this way. I, I might say, I've seen you in, in, in particularly was Monroeville, Pennsylvania, as he uh, landed in Air Force One. And I had a friend on board who watched him and I saw the video of him saying, look at all those suckers talking mm -hmm. about his own supporters. What gives you the right to come forward and pretend that you're a man of the people when you've never worked a day in your life and you have no idea how any human being who has to work for a living acts? What gives you the right to to can, to try and grift? What it what it's really all about with Donald Trump is the money, and I wouldn't let him go for an hour and a half. I'd grill that son of a bitch on everything. I uh, and I can't imagine that I would give him. First of all, I don't think I would give him the time. But if he's on air, and I was told Brian go after it. You're you're going to be our guy. Um, honest to God, watch. I'd probably have. I still have three or four uh, notebooks full of questions that were left unanswered during the Trump administration, from the great to the small. Um, how can you say that you're a, you support free speech when you call us enemy of the people when we are the people? How can you come forward and say that you support people when anyone who disagrees with you you have put in, in essence, put out. How is it that everyone that has ever worked for you that has stepped away from you has, has nothing good to say about you? How is it that you have, and he can go on with all his bullshit, but you're going to have to call him on every fucking piece of bullshit, excuse my foul language, that he says. And he will do nothing but lie. And yep. you're going to have to call him on every lie. You're going to have to ask him. You're going to have to call him on every lie. And before, that would take, I, I don't know if we get past three questions with him. Well, before before I turn to Jenna, ask the same question. I do want to uh, ask you this, Brian. Uh, that's why, unfortunately, or fortunately, you're not part of CNN. That's why you're here with the Nerd Avengers, because you'd <laughs> ask the questions that all of us want to ask. And you'd ask it with the requisite fury and righteous rage that it, it demands. Uh, but speaking about the press in particular. You know, CNN in particular, he has called enemy of the people. For those who don't know, enemy of the people called all of us what, enemy of the people was what fascists uh, and yes. Stalin referred to the press. Uh, just recently, last week, he said, "I'm going back into enemy territory." He was referring to CNN, folks. CNN people forget this because it's been a, a, an avalanche of bullshit for the past seven years. CNN had to clear its headquarters and literally stand aside. Don Lemon, when he was at CNN, and others had to stand outside the New York headquarters because there was bomb threats. Uh, Caesar Sayoc, a, a, a MAGA aficionado and a nut who got radicalized from Fox News, had the same hit list of Donald Trump and sent uh, actually functional pipe bombs to his enemies that included CNN anchors. That same network, Brian, is, uh, uh, is proud to be giving a one-hour platform and town hall to Donald Trump. When it's I tell 20, you, it's, it's, it's 2023. It's been seven years. We have learned nothing. Tell me the state of play when it comes to media moving forward when it comes to Donald Trump. Well, if this were a legit look, Caitlin is fine. I, I know Caitlin. She was fine in the press briefing. I know she has a, a background from the Daily Caller. She's a fine journalist. I, I have nothing against Caitlin, and I think she would be fine doing this job. I would think that she would handle it with aplomb and professionalism. I think the better move, if you're going to put him on, is to have Jim Acosta interview him because Jim and I were the two that had our press passes pulled by that administration. We fought and beat him in court. Jim asked some of the toughest questions of Donald Trump. Uh, I, I'd like to think I did. I like to think there were others that did, but um, that would be the move that I think would be the move that should be made by CNN, but that's, I'm not running CNN and I don't agree with a lot that many uh, news organizations do, including CNN. And I think this is a, a ratings move. Donald Trump is still good for ratings. If the first question you don't ask him coming out of the box is, uh, Mr. President, first of all, what? why do you think that you can run for the presidency of the United States after January 6th? What is it you, I, I was there. I heard him encourage people to walk up that hill and take arms. I know for a fact that he did not allow, that he, in fact, was happy with armed people because he said, quote, unquote, they're not coming after me. 
There, everything that he did on January 6th has to be explained. Start there, finish there, end there. And, and for the love of God, hold him accountable for what he did. Everyone that's been uh, arrested, charged, tried, and found guilty has blamed Donald Trump and said, or credited Donald Trump and said, hey, I went there doing what the, what the president told me to do. I was there, you know, re- there were people that died there that day. There was damage done that day. It was not a walk in the park. Get past that because that's out of everything else that I've had to put up with from Donald Trump for the last six and a half years. And you're right. We're, we're in the same place we, we were when he walked down the escalator. We haven't learned a damn thing. You're going to put this man on television when right now he's facing. And, you know, and I, if you're all right, you get past January 6th, then let's go through all your legal troubles. You're on, you're 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 here. You're there. You're being investigated. How could you possibly be president of the United States? You're going to, have to spend all your time defending yourself in court. How can you possibly be president of the United States? How can you call yourself the the president for law and order when you're constantly breaking the law? I think I, I, I did. I did ask that one of Kaylee McEnany. She didn't like it, but uh, I it's, think it's it's Brian. You make a good point. It's eight years on since yeah. that infamous descent uh, on the brass staircase, and, and Jen. And the dissent it has been, Wadge. The yeah, dissent is a thank you, thank you for picking up, thank you for picking up on my figurative language. You know, eight <laughs> years later, Jen, uh, it's twenty twenty three. What can we, uh, those who have access to a media platform, do differently? Right, because CNN is going to do what CNN is going to do, CBS is going to do what CBS is going to do, ABC is going to do what ABC is going to do. Uh, as Brian was saying, access to power, money, uh, ratings—that's that's the north star. But the rest of us have been resisting. Uh, is it going to be another two-year slog? Do you think people have changed? What is it? What's the pivot point that we can do to counter the bullshit that unfortunately we might see tomorrow night? No, we can't hear you, Jen. Damn it! Damn, um, damn it I Jen. disagree. I disagree with your premise in that I don't think. I mean, I I think we have a platform, but we don't. I don't have you know, CNN or MSNBC or ABC. Um, We have other access, but to some degree, I think we are speaking mostly to people with our own similar points of view. So the question is... That's what everybody's doing, Jen. That's that's the media today. Right. People do not get out of their media silos. Wait, 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 wait. But that's not a bad... Recognizing who your audience is 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 important. Mm. And so... I think if our audience are people who vote or people who um, think like us but don't vote or people who know people who think like us and don't vote, I've, you know, I really think voter turnout is everything and enthusiasm is everything about you know defeating him a second time around is really important. But here's the deal. You know, there are different things that could come down the road. He may not be the candidate. He won't be, but I don't think. And he if will he's be. not the candidate, we've got to be very, we've got to think very strategically because I, I, I know what I'm dealing with with this guy. The biggest problem is that there are people in the entire Republican establishment through and through. There's not, I can't think of a single other than like, Liz Cheney, who's no longer in office. I can't think of a single Republican right now who's in office who's really standing up to Trump. None. And who's really saying this guy sent his violent supporters to attack, the physically attack the Capitol building and to try to kill the vice president. And he yep. still claims that he... Another uh, question asked. Right. He still claims that he won the election. He's an unapologetic rapist and racist. And you are not doing or saying anything because you want to keep your hold on power, which tells me, I mean, I think it's really important now more than ever, up and down the ticket to make sure every single Republican, every one of them is branded with the Donald Trump brand. Uh, Jen, I think you're missing a point. Yeah, it's, it's not just that uh, putting him on the air and, and there's no one supporting him, putting him on the air and 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 saying, all right, look, we've got. Oh, I didn't say uh, to put him on the air. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, okay. but putting him on the air, you know, people will look at him and we have our own silos. We go into et cetera, et cetera. My my concern 
about him being on television is, is not just the insurrection, not just the fact that he wanted to kill Mike Pence, not just the fact that they actually uh, put together a scaffold there, and I saw that. And it's not all of the other things that you mentioned, which are important. What I'm concerned about is, for example, the guy who listens to his rhetoric and then goes out and commits murder in his name. Yeah. Or in, in the name of his policies, in the name of what he wants to do. That, as we've yes. seen, that's happened often. Yes. And those are the people that were activated on January 6th. Yeah. Donald Trump being on television is a danger to yes. not only uh, the yes. American uh, government, but a danger to every one of us. He right. is, it's called, he is it's, no different than Charles Manson. It's right? called he sends people out terrorism. to murder. It's yeah, called, it's called yes. stochastic terrorism. We've mentioned it on Mary's show before. And for those who yeah, don't we, know what the, the mention, the stochastic terrorism is when in, in particular mass media targets certain individuals and groups that results in random but statistically probable acts of violence. So threats against law enforcement after Donald Trump targets them after the raid on Mar-a-Lago threats against poll workers poll workers, threats against uh, hospital workers and doctors after the grooming skin, the grooming conspiracy. Let's be that's against be, educators. Uh, that's against just, law enforcement. Uh, thanks. The threats against our elected officials. That's what we're dealing with uh, when it comes to stochastic yes. terrorism. And that's and now say, mainstream. Okay. Go and ahead. It's Jay. not just what I mean, Waj and Brian and I are saying this, right? But I want you to keep in mind, and I know folks may have know this, but let's just pause for a moment and reflect on the fact that in a civil trial in federal court, something highly unusual happened. Two different things. One, there is an, an anonymous jury. That means when I was in the jury room, we didn't hear the names of any of the jurors or any really closely personally identifiable information. They all had numbers. Mm. Secondly, it wasn't just an anonymous jury. The jury did not come and go to the courtroom on their own. There was a, there were federal marshals who met the jurors at some meeting point. So the juror mm. would wake up in the morning. They had a designated meeting point. A marshal would come pick them up and drive them into the courtroom through the basement, and they would leave the same way. This isn't a civil case. This is the kind of stuff you do in a mob trial. We have a federal judge right. with real concerns that someone supporting Trump would try to murder or get to in some way bribe a juror. This is what is so. This is the guy that is actually yeah. the leader of the Republican Party. He is a scary, mobbed up sociopath. There is nothing more important to the quality of my life than getting deep, restful sleep. And one of the things that makes that possible is getting your body to the right temperature. So whether you want to get more fit, be a better parent, or get more done at work, better sleep with Miracle-Made Sheets will help you tap into the power of self-cooling temperature regulation, which has been shown to improve deep sleep quality by over 20%. Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands, and their sheets use silver-infused fabrics originally developed by NASA. That means Miracle-Made Sheets are thermoregulating and are designed to keep you at your ideal temperature for relaxation and deep sleep. With Miracle, you'll get better sleep every night. And just imagine how great it's going to feel waking up totally rested, ready to go. Plus, their sheets are self-cleaning. Thanks to their embedded natural silver that prevents 99.7% bacterial growth. They stay fresh and cleaner three times longer than other sheets. So stop sleeping on bacteria. With Miracle Brand Sheets, you can sleep comfortably knowing you'll have fewer breakouts, fewer clogged pores, and fewer skin problems of any kind. So go to trymiracle.com Mary to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And with Mother's and Father's Days just around the corner, this is the perfect way to give someone you love the gift of better and more luxurious sleep. Save over 40% and be sure to use our promo code Mary at checkout to save even more and get three free towels. Miracle is so confident in its product, it's back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. 
Go to trymiracle.com slash Mary and use the code Mary to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Mary to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. You can also find the link in the show notes. And, and I'm, gl I'm so is. glad, Jen, I'm so glad you used the mob analogy because so many people have seen TV shows and movies, but that's exactly it. In these yeah. trials, to protect uh, witnesses and jury members from getting whacked or compromised, these are the extraordinary steps that certain judges take. And that's what's happening, as you mentioned, in a civil trial between yes. him and Eugene Carroll. So what Imagine, do you think? Oh, and, God. And just one, one thing, Brian, you mentioned this, and I'm glad you mentioned this because oftentimes... We, we don't put this at the forefront. We know what happened. January 6th happened. A failed violent insurrection against our free and fair democracy where armed MAGA protesters who from their own admission were radicalized by the big lie, incited by President Trump, came in part to kill not only Mike Pence, and I always kind of, I would, you know, try to win people over, Jen. I always try to sell, tell people this. If you think you're protected from whiteness, uh, your Republican affiliation and Christianity. They tried to kill Mike Pence, the most white Christian Republican man on earth. And they tried to kill Nancy Pelosi and bring it all full circle with stochastic terrorism. David DePap, a guy who couldn't finish the job on January 6th, got radicalized by the big lie, went to Nancy Pelosi's home and attacked her husband who almost died. Yeah, and I do want I do want to pivot real quick in the interest of time talking about terror. And speaking about terror and violence and Republican leadership, let's go to Texas. Do in we Texas. have to? I lived there for a while. We got it. What's the one thing before you pivot? Yes, please, Jen, real quick. Jen is absolutely right about the mob. And think of it this way. Imagine if John Gotti, while under indictment and being prosecuted by Rudy Giuliani, appeared on a CNN talk show at Town Hall. That's what you're going to get with Donald Trump. John Gotti in a town hall, Donald Trump in a town hall. John Gotti in orange makeup. Uh, but speaking about terror, <laughs> and, I, I, and I really want to mention the word terror because part of me is thinking, hey, Danielle, how's it going? Perfect timing. We're talking about uh, stochastic terrorism. We're talking about Donald Trump, the mob boss. We're talking about this authoritarian who is unleashing his minions and his followers who are wrecking havoc on us. And I'm very curious how long the majority will allow itself to be hijacked by the terror of the right and those who are unhinged. I'll give you an example. Let's go to Texas. In Texas, we have the leadership leadership of Governor Abbott. About a year and a half ago, Texas, along with a lot of other red states, passed the concealed uh, uh, concealed uh, per, uh, concealed uh, gun laws. Concealed which, carry. Concealed carry, which means that folks above the age of 18 don't need training or a permit to literally conceal uh, weapons. As a result, surprisingly, violence has gone up. Law enforcement has said, hey, hey, this is making us less safe. There's gun violence on the regular. And this is just what happened uh, recently in Allen, Texas. All right. Mar Mauricio Garcia, 33, is a gunman, excuse me, in Dallas. He killed eight people at an outlet mall in suburban Dallas. He posted photographs of the shopping center three weeks before the attack on social media, where he fantasized about race wars and the collapse of society. He also used an account on a Russian social media platform to reference, quote, the noble war, a phrase that many white supremacists use to describe their belief in impending race war. Uh, it says that he also has neo-Nazi beliefs, and he also was wearing a tactical vest with a patch that read RWDS, which stands for right wing death squad, a phrase that is popular with extremist groups, including neo-Nazis, white supremacists and the Proud Boys, Danielle. <laughs> I'm so Your glad take. Your that take I, on this. perfect timing that I that I showed up right now. Um, you know, I I I gotta tell you that this is all just so fucking wild. One, I it blows my mind that we needed time to figure out that the shooter was a Nazi, or they like to keep saying Nazi sympathizer. When you decide to tattoo SWAT stickers to your actual body, 
Um, I think that sympathizer, <laughs> I think that sympathizer is a euphafuckingism, right? But he's Latino, Daniel. He's right. Latino. Wait, is that a word? Nazi or is it just that you want to be a Nazi? Right. So, and then here's, here's a, a wake up call for all of white America, apparently, which is that you don't need to be white in order to support fucking white supremacy. You do not need to be white in order to be an absolute abhorrent racist, right? And so you look no further than uh, Enrique Tario, who was just charged and found guilty of seditious conspiracy, who was one of the leaders, the leader of the Proud Boys, who, by the way, was also selling those little badges on his fucking website, right? So that's where that came from, from Donald Trump's group that he told to stand back and stand by. What pisses me off is that mainstream media fails to make the fucking connections between the terrorist organization formerly known as the Republican Party and these actors that are their foot soldiers that are building militias because they are being directed to, mm. right, build these militias by Abbott, by Ron DeSantis, by all of these other governors who are in the midst in the midst of these mass shootings, still, still loosening gun laws, still saying that right now in Texas passing legislation that says, guess what? You don't need a fucking license. You don't need any training. All you need a, a, apparently is just a holster for your fucking handgun or a backpack for your AR-15. So they are purposefully creating legislation that allows people to build their personal weaponry and to build out these militias. Why? Because this is how, this is how they're going to get the autocratic job done. And it is the failure of the media to connect the dots and stop treating the Republican Party as if they are anything other than terrorist enablers. If they are anything other than people right now who have passed, they have passed over 400 pieces of legislation to ban trans people from existing, to ban books, to ban curriculum, over 400 pieces of legislation that are anti-LGBTQ, anti-trans pieces of legislation, anti-drag pieces of legislation. And at the same time, people are getting their literal faces blown off, their bodies blown apart. Yeah, that was, that, Danielle, that was, I mean, you're talking about uh, a face getting blown off. One of the most, uh, I mean, just chilling, chilling uh, things that I've read is uh, a person who uh, survived that shooting, who tried to help the survivors. He saw a girl slumped over and he turned the girl around and the girl's face was blown off. Um, there is a child who was just released. He's eight years old. He lost his mother, his father and his three year old sibling. Uh, he just got released from the ICU last night. I mean, this is the type of terror that we have to survive and endure as Americans. We have more guns than people in this country of 330 million. There have been more shootings than days in the year 2023. And despite all of this, Governor Abbott and others say they want more guns and they're wearing AR-15 pins. And and Jen, another story that happened in Texas that I have to get your uh, your comment on, and I hate saying this, we have to go full circle to blood and soil and Nazis and language. I remember before I t uh, tell people what mm. happened in Texas here, uh, you might have seen that the a driver they're saying at that point intentionally drove through a group of Venezuelan migrants, killing several mm. intentionally. That's what they're saying at first. Um, when I was in uh, Auschwitz, uh, I was talking to a guard. The guard said he volunteers and he said, I volunteered because my grandfather survived this place. We were talking about American politics. I was about the, with a bunch of Americans about five years ago. He was listening and we we're talking about the demonizing language of Trump and MAGA towards immigrants and Muslims. And he leans in and he says this. It always begins with language. Mm -hmm. That's how it starts. Immigrants have been called criminals. They've been called rapists. There was a caravan of immigrants. Right. When it comes to Nazi ideology and white supremacists, the great replacement theory, which comes from the swamps of the Nazis and the KKK is now a mainstream GOP talking point. And another story, Texas and Allen, Texas, uh, a suspected, uh, a, su a suspect accused of uh, killing eight people because he drove a vehicle 
into a group near a Texas migrant shelter. He now faces eight counts of manslaughter. Murder. Oh, yeah. Manslaughter. Your take on this, Jen? Well, I'm against it. I mean, it's <laughs> thank you, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up, Jen. Thank you. I, Jen. I, 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 no, it, was doubt. it was doubtful. Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, you know, I just... It's 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 interesting to me how these abstract ideas like hate and blame and taking these narratives, you know, when they become violent against something, you know, taking a particular person's life, killing somebody um, that you don't know because these people kill these complete strangers upon whom you have projected all of your hate and 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 even transferred your own grievance i mean because people who are full of hate and violence it doesn't come from the directly from the stories they've been told it comes from you know all the all the um stuff that you carry around every person grows up with some kind of oppression or grievance or someone's mistreated them and the idea that instead of working through that stuff psychologically instead of saying i'm going to join in coalition with others to find justice because there's injustice to say no instead I'm going to take all of that built up anger and I'm going to boil it up hotter and hotter and I'm going to direct it at a target. That stuff, that channeling and directing of that anger mm. doesn't come from within. That comes from without. That comes from people with an agenda to either keep your eyeballs glued to a screen or to sell you a gun or to sell you a political party or to sow chaos. And I just think, you know, Anything we can do to try to express that everybody has humanity and that violence is never the answer and to try to point out who the people are that are manufacturing the narratives that these people use in order to express pure, violent, you know, racist, hateful rage against others. And the, the problem is that some of these stories are really old. Racism is as old as, if not before, the colonies. So, you know, it, when something is so much embedded um, in the society, it's easy to just pick, you know, pick up that that narrative. And I just want to point back to something, you know, uh, what, what, what Danielle said, which is, you know, we've talked about it before. She said, you don't have to be white to be a white supremacist. And just think about, I, I, someone asked me this other day and they didn't understand and the, it was a white guy. And the way I explained it to him is I said, well, well, think of it this way. When you say you're a white supremacist, what you're saying is the hierarchy. You're talking about hierarchy and you're saying that overall, if you're a white supremacist, you're saying white people are better than everybody else who's not white. That's what white supremacy is. And so what does that mean? Does it mean if you're a black person and you're a white supremacist, does that mean you're self-loathing? Not necessarily. It means that you think you hate all other black people, but you think you're better than them and that you should be treated like one of the white people, right? It's hey, similar. Clarence Thomas. Looking at you, buddy. And you know, Too it's soon, to Danielle. Too soon. <laughs> and it's similar to this. We were just talking about the royals. You can be a royalist That's right. and not a member of the royal family. In fact... People love that, right? And it's because they sort of, that's this order of things. They've decided they're fine with that order of things. And they want to talk about who, you know, the rival, they want to live in the um, in that world. And no one second guesses that. No one says, are you a self-loathing commoner that, you, that, you're, <laughs> that you're a royalist? So these things, these, it may seem like a contradiction, but it's about how you see the hierarchy. And then you think you're better. If you are a royalist, you think you're better than the other commoners because you That's right. understand the order of things. You, uh, there are white people who are against white supremacy and there are people of color who support white supremacy. This is nothing new. And, and before I get to Brian, I know, Brian, you've been waiting. Jen made a, a, a very good point. And, and this is the latest uh, news that came out about this. Uh, I think we could call him perhaps a, a shooter or terrorist uh, in, in Dallas, Texas, is that he was originally an incel and he in his post reveal a massive self-loathing, which then turned to a loathing of women. And then he latched on to neo-Nazi beliefs. These are incredibly damaged people, oftentimes alienated from society, who find a group online that gives them purpose and vision, a type of, quote, unquote, gray, a black and white clarity and, and a feeling of superiority. And that's why they go to these ideologies and then get radicalized. And these ideologies 
that are caked into neo-Nazi white supremacist uh, uh, groups are now mainstream from the Republican Party. Brian, and we so got now, basically you're blaming Ronald Reagan because he got rid of uh, uh, health care, mental health care when he was in office. And I'll go with you on that. Uh, look, <laughs> it's we've had problems among us, among people since we crawled out of the caves. And, you know, you've got Christians, Muslims and Jews, all Semitic people who fight with each other. You have racism that has been around since, again, since the very beginning of time. The problem we have now is that we have a disconnect and we don't seem to understand that there is a, for every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction. So your hatred, the stuff that happens to you, feel it's OK to push out against that, not realizing that there's going to be a reaction to it. That's part of the problem. The real problem, you know, we talk about the media. Yeah, the media, Danielle, you make an excellent point. We're fucked. <laughs> but, but it's been that way since because. Thank you, Brian. Not, Thank you for that note of optimism and hope. I, really I love that. when Danielle's like, I, yeah, I mean, that's it. We're, we're, we're tied to making <laughs> money until you change that. You won't change. But there, there, the media. But there is a bigger problem. We know about all the problems, and so do most of the people who hear about, you know, who only stay in the Fox News silo. They hear about the problems filtered through the lens of Fox. We get information. Our ability to disseminate, understand, and actively engage other people is limited because in social media we hide, because mm -hmm. in social media it's mm -hmm. anonymous, because people who do have problems are then able to, to reach out and make the... You talk, watch about the guy who was, you know, in cell. Well, he he was reaching out for someone somewhere, and someone found him. Damn. So, at the end of the day, I see this all. I know this is really weird, but I see it goes back to parenting and communication. If you don't, part of the problem is we're not communicating effectively what the problems are, and not allowing people to en envelop ideas that are different from what they believe because we're too busy attacking one another. What? And if we do that, then if we continue to do that, we're going to have the problem. But the biggest problem we have with guns is not that they are available because they always have been. It's that you will never get rid of them because if Steve Scalise, right, can be a victim of a mass shooting and still mm. defend mm. the right mm. to carry mm. without any thought at all, mm. then you have you have to address it. At that fundamental level, vote the son of a bitches out. <laughs> Real quick, thank good point, Brian, reminding us that Steve Scalise was a victim and doubles downs for guns, the instrument that yes. almost killed them. And and they're wearing AR-15 pins to Congress, folks. I got to pivot. Real quick, I know Danielle has a point, so I'm going to go to Danielle. As we promised, the final 10 minutes of Nerd Avengers this time, we're going to take your questions. And one of the questions that came up 30 minutes ago was about the debt ceiling. And speaking about being terrorized by the Republican <laughs> Party, uh, that, uh, 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 an, an individual asked us, what do you, we think is going to happen with the debt ceiling crisis? I'm going to go to you, Danielle, and I know you wanted to make another point. Yeah, just quickly, I'll say um, I agree wholeheartedly with Brian, and I think that uh, towards the end, when you said that this goes back to communication, it goes back to parenting, it goes back to community, right? And the 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 goal that Fox News and uh, and the Republican Party has is to create this toxic level of divisiveness, is to create this disconnect and put everybody as crabs in a barrel and create these silos where they get to tell you about your neighbor down the street instead of you actually going to talk to your neighbor, where they get to make up the stories about the big black boogeyman or the Jewish person that's taking over X, Y, and Z and forcing you into this place of fear where mm. you don't connect on your own and all you receive are their lies. And so how do you combat that? Guys, branch out as much as fucking possible. Connect with people in real life and online. That is how, by having strong community and building community with people who don't look like you, don't love like you, don't play like you, that is part of the way that we combat this, this siloed fear effect. And which is why we're very lucky to have this show Nerd Avengers, and I want to thank Mary again, who's feeling under the weather, for pretty much bringing us together and giving us a space for an hour to talk about these issues. And I hope this show is helpful and informative and fun for those who are watching and listening right now. And like we said, uh, we're going to do Q&A. And one of the first questions that came, and Daniel, I'll go to you and then I'll go to Jen, was uh, about the debt ceiling crisis. Uh, it's, it's critical right now. I mean, this mm -hmm. is America's ability to pay back 
its debts, but also whether or not we can, you know, have a functioning economy. And it's the only country in which one of the two political parties, the Republican Party, literally hold the country, the economy, and in a way, the global economy hostage to cut very important government programs that alleviate the suffering of a majority of Americans. So they're pretty much saying, you better cut these programs and then we'll give you permission to pay back your debts and have a budget. Uh, it's holding the rest of us hostage. Uh, that's what's happening right now. Uh, Brian, well, let me go to Danielle first because I, yeah. I promised I'd, I'd get her thoughts. Yeah, that's, and then, that's Brian, cool. you're next. Danielle, what's yeah, gonna I mean, the, what's going to happen with the debt ceiling is what always happens, right? Which is that the Republicans are hostage takers. They want to cut social safety nets. They want to uh, cut all programs that are actually beneficial to people and then be able to turn around and give big tax cuts, uh, balloon the defense budget. Um, it's the same shit, different day. Uh, and the reality is, is that here, is where the Democrats and Joe Biden need to uh, tell the story, right? Like we're going to be a deadbeat country, mm. right? Because the Republicans don't care about your day-to-day -day life. They, their only point is cruelty. Their only point is despair. And so mm. you, it's Democrats that need to tell that story about this terrorist organization formerly known as the Republican Party. Brian, go for it. Yeah, you got to remember the most important thing about the debt ceiling is the GOP cut the taxes that pays the debts, and now they want to stop the government and redirect the fact that they want to cut social services. They couldn't get it any other way. This is all politics. This is all BS. If Oh, where do I think the deficit would be if Trump were reelected? Triple. Look, the simple fact of the matter yeah, is... I mean, that's that, what happened. Wait, Brian, yeah, real quick. That's what happened happen. during that the president. There. Yes. The, the, the fact of the matter is that if... I hope, and I hope it doesn't come down to this, today the president is meeting with McCarthy in the Oval, and they're going to try and hammer out an agreement. At some point in time, I think McCarthy will go back to his people and say, look, I tried, but we can't fault. We can't default on our loans. We can't be that guy. I think that there is that understanding in Congress, but I don't think it's going to get there very easily. And I think at the end of the day, he may have to invoke the 14th Amendment. I don't think there'll be bank runs. I think that when they look and stare down the barrel that this is, I think they will compromise and come to a decision. My concern and the concern that we all should have is that are they going to cut social services and social yeah. funds to increase you know, big business, which is what they've done. They've got to, you know, Donald Trump created this mess three times, three times Congress bailed his ass out. And now the Republicans who are butt sore that they're not in charge want to screw the Democrats and make it look like they're the ones that are the problems when it is, in fact, their actions that precipitated this crisis. And they should be held accountable for it every freaking second and anytime the press doesn't hold them accountable for it that's another mark against this because the gop caused this problem plain and simple no what about ism no you know no it isn't both sides it isn't both yeah, sides and no i'm glad you mentioned that here. jen yeah, for folks who want to read something really good on this, i get an email and i don't know if you can just get this from the times on the times's own website um there's something called um the morning and it's this was written today by German Lopez. And he goes through the, you know, four different things that could happen. I mean, first is the so-called clean increase. And that's mm. what was done under Trump several times. That's where their Congress raises a debt limit with no conditions. Um, this is ideal. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen without... Uh, well, I mean, it could happen. It depends who blinks. The second thing would be what Brian was talking about, the negotiated raise, which is where there's some way that either, and I, I hope Biden doesn't give in, where we give in to some sort of massive number of cuts without mm. specifying what they would be. Um, another way to negotiate it would be to push, kick the can down the road six more months, for example. That seems more likely. The third thing that could happen would be Biden takes some kind of executive action, and that could be saying, you know what, we don't think um, that the the uh, legislation is even constitutional under the 14th Amendment. We're going to ignore it. That's one. Another thing. And another executive action uh, he could take is is minting the so-called one you know trillion dollar coin. 
I, you know, I think he's more likely than not to do the first, just to say the 14th Amendment, you know, says that we can do what we want. And the final thing, which would be utterly catastrophic, which someone asked about, would be we actually default on June 1st yep. or thereafter. Yep. Um, Mark Zandi, who's the chief economist of Moody's, um, would ca- called it a financial Armageddon. To yep. me, what's so catastrophic about it is it's forever. And it completely would change our, you know, our role in the global order. And for those of people who hate America or think American supremacy is a bad idea and, and they don't want all the goodies that go with us, with that, which is what we have now in terms of the dollar being the reserve currency, in terms of U.S. Treasuries being, you know, so-called safe assets, if that goes away, it get, it's, 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 it's utterly destructive. And I think the Republicans actually might want that because they kind of want a banana republic and they want, yeah. you know, so it's a very dangerous game of chicken. Um, and I just hope. I don't I, think they want it, Jen. I, I've talked to a lot of members of Congress. I think they don't understand and they think it's a power play and they can make Biden back down before they get there. I don't think they understand. But, but the, but the, stupid. But Biden the consequences, is not going to blank. Biden yeah, but the consequences blank. that Jen is talking about when this happened last oh, really? time, it affected negatively affected U.S. credit rating. It caused turmoil yep. in the global economy. It took six months uh, for America to recover. Uh, and, and we in didn't order even make, default then, right? We yeah, just but, got I, to the I very mean, day. That would be just, like Looks you said, disastrous. Brain. And so we're dealing with uh, financial terrorists. We're dealing yep. with gun terrorists. We're dealing with neo-Nazis. We're, we're dealing with a radicalized, weaponized group that is willing to self-immolate and burn this country down just to feel great again. And I feel like on Mary's show, we keep it real. We try to keep it honest. We don't do bullshit. We don't do both sides uh, on the show. I think we try to be as honest as possible. And we try to bring the facts and data to back it up. And I'd like to thank Jen for her bullet points. You could tell she's a professor. He goes, one, two, three, four. I'm like, Professor Jen. I <laughs> well, I was, it. let me tell you, that's German Lopez. I was cribbing from his great organization. You already gave him structure. a, you gave him a shout out too. And you give okay. people shout outs too. Uh, we have two, <laughs> we have two more minutes and I want to honor, uh, uh, like we said, we're going to do Q and A. There was a question that came. Uh, there was a pandemic folks. Remember that? Uh, it killed more than a million Americans. Well, there's a question about the CDC and Rochelle Walensky, who just resigned. Uh, mm-hmm. Rochelle Walensky was the director of the CDC. Um, your thoughts about uh, Walensky and the CDC's role in managing this pandemic, Danielle, that killed over one million Americans? You know, I was thinking about this uh, when I saw the announcement about her resignation. And, you know, first, what I will say is that over a million Americans died and we have not a day to honor them. We have not a day. And, you know, you may think like, oh, what, you know, what is that? It's just pageantry. No, it is not Mm. like the, you know, I don't think that people still are able to wrap their minds and hearts and emotions around the trauma that we have all experienced because there is not a person that does not know somebody that was lost uh, mm. during the pandemic. And we do not even take a beat. Everything is just quote unquote back to fucking normal, mm. right in this, you know, this hamster wheel called capitalism and not an, a time to honor those that were lost and those who are going to be and continue to suffer from long COVID, right? Um, which has devastating, devastating consequences that disallow some to even be able to work, right? Um, so I'll just, I, I will say that, but the, the resignation of Walensky, look, the CDC, um, was showed itself to be an organization that does not work well under pressure, uh, showed itself to be an organization that fell to the whims of politics and pol- politicians, as opposed to keeping the, um, the, the safety and well-being of the public, uh, at the forefront of everything that they did. Um, and you know, her resignation in my humble opinion should have come, uh, sooner than it, than it has. But just a reminder again to folks that it's three years later. And while it is no longer considered a global threat, the devastation, um, uh, emotional, physical, mental devastation, uh, will be felt for generations. It, it, it has traumatized an entire young generation uh, Gen Z of high school students and college students. Uh, we've all buried someone 
who got uh, COVID before the vaccine. And it has also caused financial devastation. And it also revealed, in my opinion, the great disparity in this country it was a great X-ray uh, of how uh, those who sometimes are more poor or more darker skinned have less equity and access to healthcare and resources and how we truly treat our, our frontline workers and our, uh, our first responders. Uh, it shows that we can do a lot better. I want to thank everyone for joining us uh, for the show. Mary's under the weather. Jen and I tried our best as Brown, Mary Trump, and Ashkenazi Trump. We like to thank Danielle and Brian, as always, for being loyal Avengers. <laughs> thank you all for watching. Thank you all for coming back every week. And hopefully next week, we will have the OG Mary back. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. Take care of your health. And find joy where you can. Thanks, everyone. Absolutely. Bye, guys. Thank you.